Hi, this is Ken Morton Jr. with the Hazel Rockets podcast, and we're sure glad you're joining us again. Uh, This is podcast number 31. And this week, we're kind of going back a little bit to our roots, um, talking specifically about golf product. Uh, At my heart, I'm a retailer, and uh, our Hagen Oaks Golf Super Shop is kind of the backbone of kind of what I do each day. Um, And one of the products that we have in that store is going to be the topic of today's podcast. It happens to be our number one selling apparel brand that we have in the store and started with very low uh, expectations way back in the day. We were one of the very first ones back in 2008, I believe, to bring in this kind of upstart Travis Matthew brand. And it, over time, has slowly grown into what has now become the biggest brand in all of our store with a huge concept store. We actually have a, a giant half of a VW bus that's been converted into a display And um, what's so remarkable about it is that it's an incredible combination of what great product and, more importantly, I believe, is great culture can do to a brand. Um, They have an incredible vision on what the uh, end consumer wants out of the product and how really to differentiate them in the marketplace out there. And every product, every new category that they go into, um, that end consumer is really kept in mind. And it is very different than a lot of what the other golf club companies and and golf apparel companies are. You know, with, uh, with, you know, a Nike and Adidas, it's about uh, stretch and performance and um, you know, it's equipment for the body. And, and while a lot of those different products are pieces of what Travis does, um, they have a vision of in a look and a type of product that they believe that their customer entails that's much more built in around after golf and travel and uh, ease of use and all those kind of things. And it really makes them uh, very, very unique, I think, in the golf industry. Um, Travis Matthew was started back in 2007 and what was felt like a necessity to kind of offer fashion attire that looked really good but was versatile. I mentioned that that APRA golf, the uh, going from the golf course out to a nice dinner um, they wanted it to be golf attire, but not necessarily look like golf attire. Um, no one was bridging that gap between product that you can play golf in and that looks really great away from the golf course. Um, golf attire was kind of a uniform that you wore on the golf course, but then you would change before you went to go dinner. And they really wanted to blend those two things. The uh, guest that we have on for this particular week's episode is now CEO Ryan Ellis, and he started as the very, very first employee hired back in August of 2007, and we've uh, been blessed to work with him. I was looking through his LinkedIn account, and it's, he went from uh, from a sales professional to the West Coast sales manager to a sales manager to the operations manager to the national sales manager to the national sales and merchandise manager to VP of sales. VP of Sales of Design to President and now CEO. And unfortunately for Ryan, I'm not sure there's anywhere higher for him to go. I think he has reached the pinnacle of Travis Matthew. And uh, for that, we are all uh, benefits because he does a fantastic job in what he does out there. 
Um, it really draws inspiration from the culture and that lifestyle of Southern California surf, sand, and sun. Um, it is a true lifestyle brand, and they're really uh, expanding past what traditional apparel is with footwear and with uh, into ladies now and and uh, all kinds of lifestyle goods with belts and socks and, and everything. And again, everything in order to try to achieve that perfect balance between um, function on the course and fashion and comfort and superior style off the course. Um, their clothes you can live in. That's something that they use uh, a lot in their marketing. Um, they are partnering with a whole bunch of different celebrities and uh, athletes, as uh, Ryan's going to go in and tell us into a little bit. Um, and I think probably more important, or probably one of the important things to share is their uh, recent purchase from, uh, by Callaway Golf. Um, Callaway is a behemoth in the golf industry and uh, now is uh, owns things like Top Golf and OGO Golf and really has a uh, backbone and a strength of finance to where they can actually uh, go in and assist a company like Travis Matthew and provide them the necessary funding to have them grow and expand. And we're seeing Travis Matthew retail stores pop up in malls and uh, growing their on-course uh, presence and off-course presence um, and things reinvest back in stores like ours where they can look at point of purchase materials and, and displays and really try to rebrand and, and help uh, kind of uh, grow their foot space in a lot of the stores out there. Uh, Chip said something when they made that uh, acquisition, and, and I think it's um, fair to read here for the podcast. It said, with its golf heritage, culture of product excellence, and again, that culture uh, word is important, and double-digit growth in golf and lifestyle apparel business, Travis Matthew is a great fit with our business, brands, culture, there's culture again, and our strategy to grow in areas tangential to golf. This acquisition, once completed, is expected to create significant value over the long term and that they look forward to working with Travis Matthew management team to maximize the brand's growth potential. And that growth potential has been wild, particularly since COVID. Um, their, uh, their own business is uh, near doubled over the last year. I know in our store, um, it's up uh, in the 60 to 78% and more Travis Matthew brand advocates are utilizing the product than ever before. So we're excited to have Ryan on to talk to us about the brand. Um, again, as CEO of the brand, he is the one that is uh, managing the development of the apparel, of all of the footwear line belts, all the accessorial lines, but more importantly, heading up this really unique culture that drives everything that they do. Um, it has as much to pull from the sand and the beach and the surf that's right across the street from them uh, in Huntington Beach as it does the greens and fairways of the golf courses that they play. And I think that's what makes it so unique. So without further ado, please welcome Ryan Ellis, CEO of Travis Matthew. Well, Ryan, thank you for joining us very much. Um, at Travis Matthew as a brand... Give us a little background on kind of um, how it started and kind of the um, impetus behind the brand and how it got rolling. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's very different today than it was when we started. And I would tell you, uh, 
there wasn't a lot of people that knew what they were doing when we started the brand. We uh, we started with a, a PGA Tour player, a head golf professional, and then an aspiring pro at the time were kind of the guys with the concept. And then they hired myself um, to run sales and product and, and a head designer and Joey Quirk, who's actually our VP of design right now. And uh, we were running with our head cut off a little bit, but I think, you know, the concept was pretty simple. Like, can we make clothes that you can wear on and off the course at the time? everything looked kind of like a golf uniform, even some of the nicer stuff. Um, it really looked like, wow, you, you have to be like a single digit handicap to wear that. And, and you're only going to wear golfing and everything got so techy and sporty. That was like, could we combine the two? Cause it was either casual wear or technical wear. And so that was, you know, kind of the idea. And then from an aspirational standpoint, can we combine kind of the surf culture with a little bit of rock and roll and elevate it and make it aspirational, but can we show respect in an industry that was at the time and still is a little bit on the conservative side. So that was kind of the concept. And I think from a design standpoint, it's very clear on how to design into that. And obviously got a lot of feedback from customers those first few seasons and didn't know anything about fabric. Um, and so we were learning that going to Peru consistently, which no one else was. Most people were sourcing out of Asia. And in 2010, we kind of like it, the light clicked and we found our, our signature fabric, a 60-40 cotton poly blend that was like the perfect balance of lifestyle and performance. And so we had this killer like design, aspirational like brand side that we had already nailed. And then we matched it with like fabrications too um, that really, really worked. And then it all sort of started coming together because as you know, in, in golf, especially in performance sports, Fabrication is critical, and so two years later, Bubba Watson wins the Masters, and then we were just off and running at that point. And I think you know the group was so competitive, um, all being from athletic backgrounds. I played basketball; most of the guys obviously played golf, um, and so it was just a hardworking group, determined not to lose and, and figure it out. And it took us, you know, the first three years to really figure it out. And definitely times where the business might not have went forward if we didn't have a great investor that that really trusted the team. And then, you know, cut to, you know, I think I was mid-20s and so was Joey when we started now hit 41 a month ago, aging myself to 14 years later, here we are. It probably, you know, ex maybe except for maybe Ashworth that was maybe 20 years before uh, Travis, do you really think that kind of middle of the road, on course, off course design really is kind of what opened the flood doors for you guys because you were so much different than everything else in the marketplace? Well, I think, to be honest, I think Jay Lindbergh kind of opened it up a little bit because I think that was cool and fashionable. I still feel like it was techy and very sporty and very golf, um, but it was great. You know, and that's one of those brands where it did feel like, hey, if you're going to wear Jay Lindbergh, like, you, you better be really good, which is cool. It was really aspirational and cool, but it missed this big opportunity to me of like, and it's an incredible brand, so it's, they stick to who they are, but what we saw out there was like, yeah, but there's, there's got to be something more inclusive that if I'm not a single-digit handicap, well, if I'm a single-digit, I can wear it, but if I'm not, you know, I can wear it as well. And I think that's there, there's this big market for something, you know, we coined a phrase, we're having a party and you're invited. And that's, we didn't want to be that stuffy, you know, more kind of New York, European, whatever you want to call it type of brand. We wanted to be an inclusive brand that was fun, looked great, but really didn't take themselves too serious there. And I, I think, yeah, Ashworth was that for sure. And, and then I think JL opened the door of like, okay, we know people are looking for something younger, something a little more fresh and different, um, but it has to have a little more mass appeal and it has to be a lot more inclusive. You alluded to the uh, beach surfing lifestyle and certainly with you guys being a uh, Huntington Beach company right there on the coast of California. 
Um, there's lots of influence. Kind of give us a scope of kind of how that has um, maybe shaped and, and influenced the company over the years. I think it, it really like beach is like the root of our happiness. You know, you see a sunset, you see, you know, the warm water, you know, the waves. I, I've even joked here, or not really joked actually, we're working with the city of Huntington Beach and planning. I want to like tear out all of our plants out front and like put like 50 palm trees out there. Cause just that, that's the vibe. Like it just, it's aspirational. It's like, we always want to be on a beach somewhere. Like that feels like home to us. And so, um, we've really incorporated that in design and really in brand of, of, you know, I think you think of like Tommy Bahama 30 years ago and it just feels like, Hey, I'm sip, sipping a cocktail on the beach. Now Travis Matthews, not that, you know, we're many different things cause it's, it's work and play. It's elevated, but there's a piece of Travis Matthews. that's like makes you feel like you're somewhere on vacation. And that's why, you know, our video series we call life on tour. That's what it is. It's, it's everybody's journey. And, you know, we all want to live that three-day weekend, and, and I think where would we want to live it other than at the beach? When your designer is kind of finding, uh, looking for inspirational points and, and drawing on uh, different influences and doing the design board process, walk me through kind of how that works and, and how the steps go about designing an entire line like that. Yeah, well, it starts a little like I just said. It's, it's, it's really like, where do we want to travel? Like, what's what we're thinking about our guy? Like, where does he want to go? So, you know, he, maybe he's going to Tahoe because he's doing something in the mountains, or maybe it's summer in Tahoe and he's at the lake. Or are we going to get like really, really think about an aspirational guy? Is he going to Monte Carlo? Or what is like the most aspirational place he wants to go? And so I think it starts with, all right kind of where are we with the brand, where have we been, and where does our guy want to go in the future? How do we keep evolving? What's the next thing for him? So we think about that, and then we really like think a lot about color palette and how that plays into it, and, and, and we look at deep into the Pantone book of, okay, what is going to resonate, what's going to be new and fresh, and then how do we tie like a theme to that? And then we put the theme together. Our theme probably more than most people is less literal. It's not like, okay, we're going to Tahoe, so every polo needs to have trees on it. We may have a couple that have that inspiration, but it's the, the theme is driving the color palette and it's just driving our thought process on how, how we want to bring that delivery to life. Not necessarily literally, we're going to show elements from Tahoe, say specifically on, you know, polos and t-shirts and headwear and things like that. You guys are at your core, a golf company, but again, you alluded to that you guys are just as much of a off course, uh, off the golf course brand now, um, how does, when, when you're doing that design work, how, what kind of influence, you know, going off the course and out to dinner and all that kind of stuff have in with the design of the apparel, um, that, you know, equally has to have, you know, perform out on the golf course as well. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that's interesting that people might not know when you look at like if you walked into a retail store, it doesn't, you wouldn't think golf at all. Like certainly we carry a lot of polos, shorts, headwear that you would golf in, but you don't think golf at all. There's not a lot of golf imagery. Um, but what's interesting is when we design a line, we actually start and build what I would call quote unquote, the golf collection, really the stuff that you would carry in a green grass, you know, country club resort or Hagen Oaks. So it starts kind of like we start with the golf and then we go, okay, now let's broaden it out and think about what other categories are guys wearing, how we want to attack those categories. And because a lot of that's direct consumer focus, you, you have a lot of quicker turn. You don't have to build it out as far. So, um, but I think it, again, I go back to fabric. When you think about 
how do we make product that's playable in golf, but actually you can wear off the course? Because that's when we really win as a brand. If you can play in it and it looks great off the course, it's a home run. And it starts with fabrics. You know, again, I think everybody's thinks that to do performance, it has to be 100% polyester. But at the end of the day, what is performance to you? For us, it's not necessarily quick dry. We're not all in place. The Hagen Oaks is a good example. There's a lot of time during the year you're not going to be sweating when you golf. So you don't necessarily have to have the highest moisture wicking shirt, but what are you doing? As I said before, a guy's a traveler, so he doesn't want it to wrinkle, doesn't want it to shrink, he doesn't want it to fade. So we're finding fabrications that are extremely durable, extremely lightweight, easy to travel, don't fade. We pre-wash all of our garments, which in the industry, people will say that. I don't, there's not a lot of companies that do that. Most shirts will shrink in the 5 to 5% range, we don't have any shirts that shrink more than 3%. So we go through rigorous testing on that. So for us, you know, the off-course stuff is driven on, you know, the same thing. How, how does it travel? How do you wear it? And from a design standpoint, we're really, really focused on, you know, starting small. So if we get into a category like woven shirting, it's starting small, testing, learning what our guy wants, and then expanding based on that. So it's like, kind of that crawl, walk, run strategy, and we've proved that to be really successful because I think people get in the category and say, let's say outerwear. We dabbled into, you know, vests and jackets. Like, rather than building a whole collection, there's start small and then grow it from there. I think people see the opportunity and so they attack it and they do it wrong and they never get a chance for that customer again. Once you've screwed it up, they don't want to come back. So we've done a great job of, of building slowly into those life, more lifestyle categories whether that's lifestyle outerwear, whether that's woven shirting, denim is one of those things where I, I personally believe we have best-in-class denim. Now, it doesn't sell like AG denim does. You know, we're not, we don't have 50 SKUs of it. We have four SKUs, but it's incredible. It's lightweight. It's got stretch. Really the most comfortable denim you're ever going to find, and we're very thoughtful when we go to do that, and it all starts – everything starts with fabric. I think our brand's a little different. Most brands start like we did when we started the brand, like let's have this brand ID idea, run with it, and then figure out what we're going to do from a product standpoint. We start with fabric, even before design, then we go into design, and then we talk through, okay, how do we want to sell and market it? So I can't tell you how many times somebody says they have the best hoodie or they have the best t-shirt, and they're pitching that online. They do an amazing job. They suck me, and I buy it. And then I get it, and I'm like, eh, it's okay. And now I'm not a customer for very long because the product that they told me was so great isn't it so the backbone of us is let's create the best possible product and then we'll market it next so things like our cloud collection things like our perfect series those weren't like marketing ideas and then we found a product those were products that were that great and we said hey we really need to market this and we need to market it consistently what we've done in the past probably wrong is so many new products so quickly and we just moved on and so as we've gotten bigger we've learned Hey, some of these products, there's so many customers that have never seen them, even though we're kind of bored of them and we're used to them, we need to continue to market them because they're best in class. I know as you're talking about marketing, you guys have been very distinctive in bringing out all kinds of outside athletes and outside influencers in uh, with your marketing. I know up in our area, uh, 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo um, has been uh, created kind of a unique partnership with you guys. Talk about the influence of all those outside athletes on the brand as a whole. Yeah, we've had we've been really lucky. I mean, we've had you know probably over a hundred pretty high level ambassadors with the brand, you know, over the last especially the last six or seven years. And the main reason why is all these guys golf. <laughs> they go into you know Pelican Hill and you see a 
front table, you go into Pebble Beach, you see the front table, you go into Hagen Oaks, you see the front table or the display. And we've been kind of the cool brand in golf. And so all of this has happened very naturally. Jimmy Garoppolo is a great example. He was buying product from our retail store for a year before we really you know, had anything significant with him. And, and he loved the brand. And so what we've done over the last two years is say, well, that's great. Jimmy G loves the brand. And maybe you'll see him wearing it, a hat, like randomly on a, a TV show or a post game or, or somewhere. But there's really nothing official. Like, how do we give back to a guy like Jimmy? Well, let's, let's look at someone like him and say, hey, why don't we try to do something official with him? And by doing that, let's, we can obviously share a lot of assets. He's got, I think, over a million followers on Instagram. And obviously, we can build his following as well. And so we've created these deeper partnerships with guys like, like Jimmy, who's such a big fan of the brand, is already pushing it. Um, but now we can get a lot more out of it together. And, I mean, you couldn't get a better guy than Jimmy G. I mean, he look, literally looks better than our models on the product, so that's been really exciting. We also signed Matt Ryan. We just signed a wakeboarder, kind of getting outside of just the normal athlete and Steel Lafferty, um, who's created some incredible content. He has, like, three videos that have gone viral with all, over 20 million views. And then we've got two other big partnerships, one in MLB, one in the NBA, that we're going to be announcing in the next two weeks. And we've actually got a big celebrity potential signing that could happen in the next month as well. So we're, we're not slowing down. The brand's you know, on fire right now. And I think it's really important that when it's on fire, we invest you know, to make sure that the future year's growth looks just like it does right now. And we, we keep that momentum going. And I think you're gonna see more and more of that. We're also, we have some incredible partnerships right now, one with Barstool Sports, uh, where we've got quite a few initiatives that are gonna be rolling out. We're also you know, doing a lot of marketing with the NFL where we've got um, ads with the NFL, we've got commercials with the NFL. So we've been able to, again, through our influence and through our ambassadors, create these incredible partnerships um, that now are, are bigger. Before it was like, everything's organic. We want to keep it organic. That's, you know, that's the way we want to keep it. Now we have these relationships like, let's take this to the next level. And, and we've really, especially in 21, like really taken these relationships to the next level. And I look forward to the next few years of really growing those. Well, congratulations in advance on what uh, sounds like some exciting announcements here in the little, next little bit. Um, you guys do have a sub-brand as well called Quater and um, a fast-growing footwear line. Um, dive into that a little bit and tell us kind of where that's been and where it's going. Yeah, a little history. So Quater was, was founded by Bob Ignite, who was the former founder and CEO of Quicksilver. Travis and I were very involved in that line. Um, and the idea started in action sports is the, in belts, and belts was just such an underserviced category that it made so much sense. We walked through 50 shops with them, and no one really had a belt selection. Now, in golf, obviously, there's, there's a lot of belts, but outside of golf, no one was really carrying belts, and, and you know, Bob had kind of come to me and said, hey, you know, we really want your help with this project, and I said, I, I, everything I have to give is in Travis Matthew. I, I don't have any time for it. When you're ready to come in golf, call me, because you will be. Uh, and there's a great market for belts there, and, and, but I love the brand concept. They built an incredible logo, and about two years in, he said, yeah, we're ready to go to golf, and so we did, and we had a really successful launch in golf. Uh, we're doing over three million in belts, like right off the bat. It was, it was really strong, and the belt line was fantastic. When Callaway purchased Travis Matthew, they also purchased Quater at the time of the licensing deal, so through that purchase, we owned it, and Travis and I got together and said, well, now we can decide what we want to do with it. And we've been, we have been feeling like we actually had a small amount of footwear in Travis Matthew. The challenge with Travis Matthew is being a lifestyle performance company, we really didn't feel like, one, clothing companies getting into footwear, it's a huge challenge. 
Two, from a performance standpoint, is the end consumer going to take us seriously in performance footwear? And so we thought with Quater we had this really cool opportunity with an already great brand, great name, uh, great logo, and a, a really successful belt business to say, hey, can this be a footwear and accessories business? And so we started going down that road. We hired a VP of footwear, which is going to sound funny, but of all places came from Skechers footwear. But Skechers had built a really good golf line. It just obviously wasn't aspirational. And we thought, we know how to design it. We know what it should look like, but we need the comfort to be there. So we need an expert in comfort. And this person obviously was that and created uh, four silhouettes in golf footwear and then redid our casual footwear as well, which came out great. Uh, and the idea with Quater was you look at all the athletic lines out there in footwear, and there's a lot of useless technology. There's stuff, you know, whether it's a color pop, whether it's a seam detail, whatever that is, mesh paneling, that really doesn't serve a purpose. It just looks techier and sportier. And the logos are just huge. And so there's a place for that for sure, but there's also a gap there to do something clean and use useful technology. So that was the concept we started with. Originally launched with golf footwear as well as casual footwear. Actually, our number one selling shoe is our daily shoe, which is a casual footwear piece. Um, you know, just on our e-commerce alone, I think we did over five million in that shoe. So it's been an incredible start to that. And then the golf footwear, you know, I think we've unlocked a couple of things. One, there's not a lot of shoes living in that 130 to 180 dollar price point where it's it's you know it's great quality, but it's not ridiculously priced. Um, everything either lives under or over that, and so we found a little niche there to say, okay, we've we've got a, it's not. You know, we want something with good value, but at the end of the day, we want it to have quality as well, and, and the comfort certainly there in those. So that was kind of, we rebranded and relaunched it, unfortunately, in 20. <laughs> so we, we were supposed to come out with it 3-1, and then pandemic hit, and so it, it kind of, everything hit the fan and relaunched really in 21. This is really its first true big season, and then we've got a lot to come, and actually adding some of the stuff that we originally didn't start with, which is... You know, using John Rom. John Rom's obviously been wearing it and has won wearing it, uh, which is really exciting. And, and he, we're going to make a big play with him, especially for the Masters and, and for the U.S. Open next year, which he won this year. Um, and we're going to be doing some more color pops to tie back to, to bring a little more of that to life. Because I think the one thing with Quater we noticed is it's almost too put together. Like if you looked at Travis Matthew, you're on what, what was cool about it, what people liked is like there's definitely some designs that are all over the place. And I think with Quater, it's like almost just too finished of a product. So we're going to start bringing in some color pops and things that maybe are a little more outside the box to really bring life to what we feel like the core of the line, which is those really core kind of essential, really clean knit pieces. Well, I know for us, it's uh, sold exceptionally well right out of the gate. So uh, we're excited to see more and see that grow. Um, you alluded to it. Uh, talk through us about kind of what Callaway's purchase of Travis Matthew has kind of meant and maybe its influence on the brand. Yeah, I mean, we didn't know. I think when we went through the process, you know, obviously looking at private equity and looking at a public company, I don't want to get too deep into that, but there's definitely some nuances of both. But we sat down with Chip, the CEO of Callaway, you know, and they were looking at a purchase. You know, he sat down with us and said, look, are, where are you guys, what are you, what are you guys doing with the brand? Are you going to be here? And, and we kind of said, well, we, <laughs> I don't know. What does that look like? You know, obviously I, for me, it was like, I, I'm just, I love the brand so much. I'm so passionate about what we're doing. Like, I'd, I'd love to be here forever. Now, I don't know if that's in the cards, but um, so that's kind of what I told him. It's a good, because if, if you guys aren't in it, 
you know, it's probably not the right company for us because we're, we're not, you know, we don't have experience running the clothing company. Again, keep in mind this is in 2017, so they've got a lot more experience now over the last four years. But um, that was really appealing to me because I thought, you know, obviously there's places we need some help, you know, warehousing for sure, accounting for sure. Um, so operationally, we could need some help to scale. So they'd be a good partner in helping scale. But at the same time, from a product sales, marketing, retail, you know, all of those brand areas, they're going to stay out of. And, and, you know, true to their word, they have. And we've actually moved all our warehousing under them, and they've done a pay. It was, it was painful. We did it during COVID. We've moved. We had eight. So you guys, I know you guys felt a little bit of that pain with our shipping. You know, we, we, we had eight systems we had to change. We moved over to SAP. Uh, we moved our warehouse to Texas. So there's a lot of pain points there. But now we get to a year later, and we're so efficient out there uh, that, you know, it's not perfect. But there's no way we could have done out of our building what they're doing out. So operationally, they've been so helpful. And I don't even know how we would have scaled. We probably would have figured it out, but it would have been even more painful. Um, and then from a brand standpoint, they'd let us do what we want. And, you know, we go. I've got a meeting with the CEO of Callaway this week. And, you know, I'm going to pitch this this big celebrity we're looking at right now in addition to some retail initiatives we have. And, and if we give them and show them sound you know, business practices and show them the return they're going to get. And we've come through on that return every time. Um, you know, they're, they've been unbelievable. And the biggest thing is when you're growing brand like us is when you have an investor, it's very difficult to fund the inventory. So when you're growing 100% like we are this year, that means what you have to buy for the next year, you're, do you keep dipping back into the hole? And if, you know, if you, you have to have almost unlimited pockets to do that. And so having, being, having a public company and being with Callaway, from a cash flow perspective, has helped us because if we had our previous investor, we probably would have only grown 40% this year. There's just no way he could have funded the inventory uh, or would have been willing to take that risk. And I think, you know, with Callaway funding that inventory, we had plans this year of 25% growth and we grew 100%. So definitely good buying practices, but also the ability to scale when we need to with Callaway. So we all need to thank Uncle Chip is what you're saying. Right. We definitely need to thank Uncle Chip. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, is my last question here is kind of where does the brand go from here? What's next? You've given us a couple hints of uh, maybe some influencers and marketing out there. But when you look out five, ten years, is there other categories? What what kind of vision do you have for Travis Matthew? Yeah, I don't go ten years. I, I, I rarely go five. I, I think, like, we've got so many creative ideas here. Sometimes I have to stop and go, okay, I need to stop like giving our marketing and product guys more ideas because we've got too much on our plate. And so I try to live in the like three, I try to live in the 18 months and the three year, uh, 18 months is like, that's what we're doing today. Three, three, four years is like, okay, that's what's coming next. So our big kind of initiatives over the last, you know, for in that 18 month range are, um, active. We launched an active line, or we're launching an active line in November, and then a full launch in May. Very excited about that. Obviously, with COVID, active's at an all-time high. Lounge is at an all-time high. We've got an incredible loungewear line. And then, obviously, casual wear is on an all-time high. So we're capitalizing on all those key categories. But active was, was a big one. Quater footwear, sort of reinvestment. Um, we've reinvested in that team in a major way. Uh, we've put a couple critical members of the team together. We've spent a lot of time and money on tooling. And so all that you're going to see coming over the next 18 months. And then women's is kind of the last piece on there. It, we got to the point with women's, in my opinion, you know, 14 years in, it's almost a disservice to women to not have a women's line. Uh, you know, 
The reason we hadn't done it is it's mainly guys in the, in the design team and, and myself obviously as well, and we didn't have the vision. Um, we hired Lindsay Browder, who, who formerly was designing the women's line for Peter Millar, and I've had a relationship with for the 14 years of the brand. She was formerly a buyer uh, 14 years ago for, for Glen Wild, and we've had a great relationship. We flirted for like eight years of doing a women's line. We both had a very similar vision of what that would look like. It, we never were able to link up, and, and over the last nine months, we finally did, and put it put pen to paper and conceptualized what that idea would look like. and and we're now five months into designing and it looks fantastic. We've got uh, new logos built for it. It's still gonna be called Travis Matthew, but it'll have new branding. So you can clearly identify it's Travis Matthew, but you can also identify it's different than the men's line. And her, her saying, which I'm sure you've heard in the industry, is we're not just gonna shrink it and pink it. This isn't a men's line that we're turning into a women's line. This is a full women's collection and it will have golf, but it won't be focused around golf. It'll be focused around California kind of lifestyle beachwear, uh, but more elevated than that. So it's going to feel as comfortable as lounge, but it's going to be something the woman can wear around every day. And there will definitely be a golf component to that as well. So very excited about what we're doing in women's. And then I'm looking out further and saying, okay, that's 18 months. You know, those are three really big launches. I think youth to me is probably next. Where it's probably a disservice to youth right now that we're not offering something. And I think for that eight to 13 year old, the, the, the kid who probably doesn't want to wear what his dad's wearing, it needs to have a different spin. So we're starting to conceptualize and think about, okay, if this is 23, 24, you know, what does he want to wear? How do we make this feel different? And so that's going to be a lot of fun to kind of build out what that looks like. I think that's, that's really exciting for us. Um, in addition to that, obviously, the long-term plans are still continue to update cloud, which is the most comfortable product you'll ever wear. And what does that look like? We have three new fabrications over the next three years that are coming out that are absolutely incredible. You know, when we think about our perfect series, what other products do we have that are best in class that we can add to that? And then we think about heater. One thing that Cal has really helped with, but we've doubled down on last year during the pandemic before kind of golf got hot again, we doubled down on golf and said, we're going to reinvest in golf in every way we can. And obviously we've done that in the team you know, having the number one player in the world in John Rahm. We've got another big announcement for another player uh, that's, that's a top 50 player um, in the next, and probably a top 25 player in the next uh, few weeks, hopefully. So a lot of cool things going on then. So we're gonna reinvest in golf and we're building that too. We, we've never had a golf specific collection. It's always been lifestyle performance. And now we've got our heater series, which is pure performance. And, you know, we're continuing to add to that where we've got a short sleeve polo hole, you know, shorts that go with it. And now we've got a long sleeve polo and that's gonna turn into, I think, a really nice capsule that if you're playing in, in extreme conditions, it's 95 in Florida with humidity, typically we'd say, hey, Travis Matthews is probably not the best brand because we're doing more of the lifestyle performance. But now we've got product to offer in that category where we can compete with the athletic brands and still we figured out a way to take our spin on it so it still looks more lifestyle, it looks more upscale, and you can wear it off the course. You have your hands full over the next couple of years, buddy. So that sounded like a five or ten year plan, even though you didn't say it was one. So uh, um, I want to thank you so much for your time. Um, I would encourage all the listeners out there right now, if you haven't done so already, follow Travis Matthew on Instagram. Um, they will the photos and the uh, that travel notion around the world. Uh, you will just instantly be transported to vacations with every image that they put. Um, I know for us, our uh, Hagen Oaks Golf Super Shop, our flagship store, Travis is our number one men's brand by a long shot. 
because of how wonderful the product is. And um, Ryan, that starts with you. I just want to tell you how much we appreciate uh, all the care and the energy you guys put into a really, really great apparel line. Well, you guys have been such incredible supporters from day one, and it's always a two-way partnership. You guys have an incredible store. You put on incredible events up there and couldn't ask for better representation of the brand from the build-out to kind of how you display the product, so we really appreciate it as well. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for um, listening in on Hazel Rockets, our podcast, and uh, we will look forward to talking to you again this next week.